Hey everyone, this is Michael Gow recording at 1.44 a.m. Eastern Time on November 1st. I was just about to publish the episode when I realized that we forgot to talk about the other November deadline, Election Day. Election Day is coming up this Tuesday, November 6th. If you're over 18 and registered to vote, please vote, and please vote for Democrats. Across this country, Republican state legislatures are cutting budgets for education. In my home state of Texas, a third of teachers have to get second jobs because of how poorly they're paid. On the federal level, Republicans in this administration have proposed cutting subsidized Stafford loans where students don't have to pay back the loan while they're in school. They also want to cut federal work study where students work jobs and get financial aid. This election matters for schools and students. And if you're over 18, you need to vote. Vote for your classmates who can't vote. Vote for your podcast hosts who are struggling to pay for college. Vote for yourself and your future. If you don't know how to vote, go to bit.ly slash aupodvotes. That's bit.ly slash aupodvotes, and you'll get all the information you'll need. When to vote, where to vote, what to bring, so you can vote. But even if you aren't 18 yet, you can still make a difference. Take a picture of yourself volunteering for any political campaign, Democrat or Republican. Post it on Facebook with the hashtag AUPodVotes. You'll be entered in a giveaway to win a $25 Amazon gift card and to be featured on the podcast. There are many ways you can volunteer. Just Google your local representative, your local congressional candidate. Uh, And if you don't want to do that, there are two resources you can use to easily find campaigns who are looking for volunteers. First is Swing Left to volunteer for competitive Democrat congressional candidates at bit.ly slash aupodswingleft. That's bit.ly slash aupodswingleft. And you can also volunteer if you're in Texas for Battleground Texas, an organization that's working to turn out more voters in the state of Texas at bit.ly slash aupodbgtx. That's bit.ly slash aupodbgtx. Please vote. Please volunteer. This election matters, so get involved today. We're up and rolling. Are you excited? Welcome back to the Admissions Uncovered podcast with me, Nee, and your other hosts, Dominic and Michael. If you're listening to this right now, either you finished your application for November 1st and you're chilling, or you're just freaking out and don't have and you don't want to think about it right now and have come to your favorite podcast for advice. So lucky for you, this episode, we will give you the definite checklist for this upcoming November 1st deadline and every other one as well. So the first thing we wanted to talk about is the things that hopefully you've already done that at least Dominic and me have done. So at this point, your application should basically be done. The common apps should be done. Like the supplements and essays should basically be getting there like you're putting finishing touches you're doing little edits but there are no significant structural or topic changes really hopefully going on at this point you've sent your test scores hopefully two weeks ago just because of how slow the act and the sat can be with sending scores Mm -hmm. to schools now if you haven't done that don't worry too much just because there is a little bit of wiggle room on test scores because colleges understand the situation. If you haven't sent your test scores and are listening to this, send your test scores, but don't freak out over it. Don't have a panic attack over it. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> You've applied to a rolling admission school. Dominic and me added this to the outline. Like, eh, it's like, if you haven't applied to a rolling admission school, it's not yeah. the end of the world. It's rolling admissions. You can apply to it whenever. It's going to be fine. Uh, and a big important thing is 
uh, if you're applying to FER, financial aid, though, is FAFSA, and the CSS profile with their IDOC stuff has come open. So if you are looking into financial aid, make sure you get started at least thinking about that and your plan for that. Again, the soft de the, the supposed deadlines for financial aid applications for a lot of the IVs, uh, Princeton, I know for sure, is going to be November 1st when you turn in your application. But that's not a hard deadline. If you send it in a few days later, a week later, even two weeks later, they're still going to give you a financial aid decision when your application comes out. So don't don't have a panic attack over this. Not a huge deal. But do start thinking about it as you get ready to turn in these November 1st applications. Finally, you want to make sure that the stuff on the school end of the stuff is done so that your counselor knows that you're applying to the school, knows that he has to write your counselor rec letter, knows that he needs to send the transcript to the school, and also that your teachers and outside recommend recommenders know that they need to be getting it in those letters. Now, these things are also soft. November 1st is not the hard deadline for ex, uh, people external to yourself, teachers, counselors, other recommenders. But it is important that they do get in their stuff close to the deadline. Even if it's a little bit later, make sure you bug them until you get them in. Um, so one thing that people I talk to have issues with is they just like feel uncomfortable bugging their teachers. So for you two, like, um, how, how's that situation going? Are these rec letters are these transcripts getting in so we just like two days ago or something got naviance which is basically the entire like a, the program where all our teachers and our counselor uploads all our transcripts schedules um rec letters so we got that which is good we were really cutting it close there but also just for recommenders i know one of my teachers has already uploaded um her rec letter and then my other teacher i just sent him an email yesterday like hey just wanted to remind you that i have a november 1st deadline coming up please let me know if you have any questions but just like low-key reminding him to get that in <laughs> but also like michael said teachers don't really have that hard deadline november 1st deadline that we do but you still if you can make sure they turn them in by november 1st even if it's like on november 1st or one one or two days after because i don't think i mean they might not have as much leeway. It actually really depends on the school because I know Baylor is very strict about having everything processed and all your documents in by November 1st. So it just depends on the school and how much leeway they will give you. Yeah, don't be afraid to bug your teachers. Um, Dominic, did you have to bug um, your teacher? Um, so for that teacher, I've met with them mm -hmm. for my rec letter. So I think that one's moving a little bit uh, better. But just kind of in general, Michael, how would you recommend approaching a teacher to kind of remind them because i think for a lot of students you know like you've already asked them to write this rec letter and you don't want to like push them you know yeah you don't want to be too pushy with it but you also want to make sure that it's getting done no yeah for sure i definitely understand the concern with it right like teachers are teachers they're authority figures you feel awkward about asking them for things even after you've asked them for things but you know just like keep this in mind the teachers that you're asking hopefully are people that you know and have built up some connection with. So it wouldn't be the end of the world to just like push it just a little bit because you've already built up kind of hopefully yeah. a reservoir of goodwill, hopefully, you know, <laughs> but you can ask in a non overtly pushy way. So maybe just saying, Hey, I just wanted to check in and make sure you knew how to submit your rec letter. I know that the common app can get complicated at times and I'd be happy to walk you through it or whatever. You're not, it's not like, Hey teacher, 
you need to do your rec letter now. But it is a little gentle reminder that, hey, you, need- you do need to submit this letter in the common app pretty soon. Yeah. It also depends on the teacher, because I know my teacher, he was like, keep reminding me, keep bugging me. So I was like, I'm just straight up, hey, November 1st deadline, you know. But yeah. I mean, we talked about this with uh, Mr. Gonzalez, right? He, I th- he, he said that I reminded him pretty well. I bugged him pretty well. And he's like a very busy person as an admin at the school. So I really did need to push him for it. And I did. And, you know, he doesn't hate me for it. So evidence number one that pushing your teachers to write rec letters will not destroy the relationship. <laughs> and if a lot of teachers are going to be writing these rec letters for a lot of students, uh, they'll tend to kind of forget you know, not in a bad way, but they'll just sometimes, you know, slip up and forget about a rec letter. I've had teachers ask me when my rec letter was due and they're not even my recommender. And I kind of had to uh, let them know <laughs> that, you know, they weren't one of my recommenders. Oh, my so, God. I mean, you know, just, just let these teachers know. That's I Wait, are you serious? Yeah. That's kind of sad uh, for the teacher. No, I went to class and then before class, the teacher just kind of pulled me up to their desk and they said you know hey did i miss one of your deadlines for your rec letters and i was like uh no <laughs> so first of all the teacher thought they missed my deadline and then they continued to say oh you know when is it due and then i had to kind of explain like you know they're not Who one of my records it was very strange but i guess i'll beep if, out the name tell us uh mr <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, you know. So. Oh my God. Sometimes. What a guy. Teachers forget. Just uh, let them know. So I don't think they'd be too offended if you just kind of you know remind them. Yeah. Hopefully, no teacher thinks they're writing a rec letter for you when they are. <laughs> yeah. That's such and, hey, a funny if, story. You know, if your teacher says they got it under control, you can just tell them my story. And be like, hey, sometimes teachers think they're writing rec letters for kids they're not writing them for. <laughs> and that's how you do it. But hey, you know, if I need an extra rec letter, he has one, I can just be like, hey, did you write my letter? And they'll think I, I'm one of their kids. This is extra- This is ridiculous. Oh, my God. But I guess that's one way to kind of remind teachers, you know, if they ask you. <laughs> but I would say not to yeah. wait on that. Do not wait uh, on the teacher asking because they usually will not. The other thing about asking is that there are it is just like a tricky system, especially for non-tech savvy teachers, which most of my teachers were not tech tech savvy. That is, so don't be afraid to just remind them about some of the logistics. Like this is the link. Your username's your email, Here. not your phone number, not your name, not some weird ID. It's your email. You have to make your own password. Click the next button. Type in your password. Confirm your password. You know, like common app you have to have an additional common app cover form that can be a little bit tricky oh, to yeah. do maybe you need to walk that through them especially if they're using naviance it's a separate screen that you need to go to it's not very intuitive so you know the other part about reminding people is not just like to bug them without reason it's also to just like tell them how to submit the rec letter because it is sometimes tricky so what we just kind of talked about uh that was very checklist like you know, almost episode 20, checklist like. Mm, episode 20. And where can we find episode 20, Dominic? Right on the Emissions Uncovered website, mm. or just scroll down on the player mm. uh, that you're listening to right now. And that contains just a checklist 
about all the basic stuff that you'll need for your application. You know, if you're stressing listening to this on November 1st, you're listening to this for a future deadline, uh, you can just use this checklist to make sure you have everything. That checklist um, kind of follows the lines of what we've talked about, you know, the, the basic things that you have to get done. Uh, but right now, we kind of want to move into a discussion of the things that you wouldn't really think about or wouldn't be part of a checklist, uh, you know, individually, kind of what you're working on. Uh, so, Michael, at this point, you know, besides the things we've already talked about, what do you have done by this time last year when you were applying? So I'm really not the best example for this because oh I spent God. my time really awfully, right? I just did Princeton before November 1st. Just Princeton. Plus, some, like, miscellaneous scholarships like Cameron Impact Scholarships, some smaller ones, some flying programs with this. That's like small potatoes, right? When it came to colleges, I just did Princeton. And so at this point, I had finished everything about Princeton, but none of my other schools. So after November 1st, I was really, really scrambling for two months and the day of January 1st. So not the best example. You should ideally have your early schools done in addition to maybe like one, two, three, five Ooh. of your other schools. Well, maybe not five, but like if you have five, even one, really <laughs> one solid, like one is better than me. So I can't. I mean, I don't it, have one. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I will say it really does depend on how many you're yeah. applying to. Yeah, that's just true. Um, this is true. You know, if you're only applying to five schools, you know, you, you can follow Michael's path. You know, maybe he was doing 20. Uh, and that probably wasn't the best choice, but hey, it got done. It got done. Uh, I will say, without saying any names, I do have a friend that's applying to 27 huh? schools. So he will Wait, beat, are you serious? He will beat Michael. They're going to beat me. Ugh, I should have applied and to more schools. they've also made very good progress on these applications. Who is this? Okay. So, hey, I- I'm not going <laughs> to... No. No? This one's actually top secret. Yeah, this is top secret. Code word uh, clearance only. What? Wow. Yes. Okay. But yeah, basically just... It's going to be so funny. They're going to listen to the episode, and they'll be the only one besides me that knows that we're talking. They listen to the podcast? Maybe. I'll make them listen. Okay. okay. Just for their feature. I I think I might know. Wait, Ashley? Hmm. Okay, never mind. Promise you. All right. But it is a very balanced list, I will say. It's not... I don't know. Most kids spread to, you know, top tier, and I think that that list spreads to safety. It's very strange, Um, but... You know, hmm. they're going to apply to where they're going to apply. You do you. <laughs> yes. Okay, so as Michael said, by now he'd only, the supplements were one school done. But um, during this time, even if you haven't definitively finished one, you should still be working on your supplements. And as he said, working on any other additional schools. But make sure you've uh, polished the supplements that you're planning to submit, especially if it's to your early decision school or even uh, one of your top choice early action schools. And I would say, like, for me, I would try to get it done two, um, maybe two or three days before the November 1st deadline so you can kind of figure out how to submit it, how to do all the other miscellaneous submitting these forms so you're not freaking out on November 1st polishing your essay and trying to submit because you never know i feel like they're gonna crash november 1st but i mean we'll see so if you can get them done early you definitely should i mean the the thing is you can submit it november i submitted it november 1st at i think around like 9 p.m and where did you submit this michael (sighs) i submitted it at the local public library 
Oh, the public library. Yes. Why did you submit it at the public library? Because I choose to support my public libraries because I'm a good lib. <laughs> I don't think that's the reason. Oh, well, really? What, 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 else, could, what else could the reason remember, be? Hmm. Uh, for our listeners out there, hmm. because Michael hmm. doesn't want to admit to his fault. Me? What? I, what? There was a major, major? power outage. I wouldn't call it major. In North Texas. <laughs> I don't live in North Texas. On November 1st. What, what's November 1st? Last year. What's last year? I wasn't alive last and year. And all of the kids who, who kids? that procrastinated, that were terrible students. Who would procrastinate? Like Michael Gow. <laughs> co-host of the Emissions I Covered <laughs> podcast. We're scrambling because here goes Michael, 9 p.m., three hours until the deadline, up at his library, sweating like crazy. I was not sweating. Worried. It was an air-conditioned room. It was fine. I was not sweating. Michael always says, you know, the financial aid, it's going to be fine. This is a soft deadline. The, te- the test score is soft deadline. No, the application, hard deadline. <laughs> this man right here, up at the library, because there was nowhere else with internet. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, God. Oh, no, it, was, it, it was an internet outage. There, we still had power. I was chilling at home. That's true. I had power. I was fine. Michael, he's freaking out. I was not freaking out, okay? I was chill. Definitely sure, okay. freaking out. I was out. not freaking out. I was, like, doing my last-minute edits, like, <laughs> changing some words. Oh, gosh. It was good. It was Why was your good. library open? My library is open to, like, 10 o'clock every night. Mm. So what if you decided to wait until 10? No, t- it's, like, open till midnight, actually. Oh. Oh. You get, that's a strange library. All of mine close at like five. It's not a strange library. It's just like how libraries work. Mine closes at like maybe. Maybe I don't go to the library enough. Uh-huh. I mean, clearly not. Too busy with college apps. <laughs> for the past sure. four years. That's the excuse for not going to the library. With co-hosts that have terrible time management. Oh, their college oh are we talking about time management, Dominic? I will submit mine before November Ladies, 1st, ladies, sir. calm down. <laughs> okay, well, real talk. If you need to submit it on November 1st, you can. Given the story you just heard, perhaps it may be potentially wiser of you to submit it a little bit earlier. Potentially. So maybe I'm not saying, 8 p.m. November 1st? I'm just saying. You know? Or, you know, maybe. I don't know, 7 p.m. Yeah. works too. S- seven is a safe time. All right. Five hours, you could probably drive to your library at that point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, even if you are wanting to wait till November 1st to give you the most amount of time, I would say that it's like not the truest thing. Because I remember when I was doing it, I wasn't making significant changes between now and November 1st. I was like changing a word around, but it wasn't that impactful i was just like reading and rereading and rereading and rereading and rereading and i wasn't really making any real changes to it so i'll be honest like i don't know how much you can change in a few days that's going to be good if you've done what you needed to your essay's in a pretty solid shape now and making last minute decisions just like on a gut instinct is never good because you're like stressing out and you're like weird chemicals in your brain make you do dumb things to your essay so just like Chillax. Stick to the plan. If you know what your essays yep. are about, don't rip them up the day before to make your own essay. That's or make a new essay. That's bad. You know. I definitely agree with that. I think at a certain point, because you're the student that's actually applying, uh, you just need to make that call, or your essay is fine. Yeah. Obviously, don't say it's fine right after the draft. But if you just 
continually get people to review it, everybody's going to have their own input on your own Yeah, side. that's true. You know, it might be good input, but everybody's going to have something true. they think should be different just because that's the way they're going to read it. And, you know, you could keep doing this and have everybody in your state read your essay and you have different changes to make each time. But at a certain point, you just have to make that call because you're the only one impacted by that essay, you know, with your application. You need to make that call when it's good to go. For sure. Yeah, I mean, we talked about yeah. this the other day, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, I really got to stop when I know, like, what I have is what, like, I feel comfortable with it. And I think it's good. Then I just need to, like, chill. So we good. Michael kind of helped Wad off a stressful day yesterday. So we good. We good. Anyways. Yeah, it's, it's like people people have thoughts. You can't take their thoughts as the word of God every single time. You know, like you have multiple people giving you advice. Not every one of them is God. Maybe <laughs> probably none of them are God. So don't just like take their advice and run with it. Like take at least a minute to think about whether the advice is true or not. Or whether the person the advice is coming from is, like, BSing you or actually knows what they're talking about. Like, same for the advice on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Don't just take it for granted. (laughs) Just think about it. Think if it works for you. Think if it fits you. Don't just do it. All right. But keep listening. (laughs) So besides kind of finishing up your essays and supplements, those really are the big things that you should be finishing for your application. But you should also remember to actually finish filling up the Common App and any other applications you're doing with like your activities and all that. And then specifically for Common App, uh, you have to remember to waive like your FERPA rights, which basically says, I won't, I promise not to look at any of the documents that are submitted on my behalf and all that. And that's a big thing you need to do to um, make sure like your application goes through. And then also if you're planning to apply early decision on Common App, there's also this where you invite a parent so that they can sign your early decision agreement because it is binding. So if you're doing ED, you got to keep that in mind. And also just in general, different schools might require um, specific forms. So I know like Penn would requ- um, requires additional financial financial aid documents. Or Princeton does too. Yeah. So um, you just really got to go onto the school's website or look on Common App under what they require and make sure you get all those documents in because those are also just as important as the rest of your application. And if you are if you have special circumstances, like your parents are separated or something like that, you might have to do extra non-custodial forms. Or if you're undocumented, you might have to have extra forms here and there. So basically, just um, make sure you do your research and know what you have to submit and when you have to submit it by um, because it most likely won't be the same for everyone. And what we're giving is just the general big things that we think will apply to most of the students um, who are listening to this podcast, I guess. All right, I want to kind of expand on the uh, FERPA rights thing because I know a lot of students wouldn't kind of know what that is. And, you know, right when you get to that part on your application, it's a, it's its own separate tab on the Common App and you, you're like, all right, what is this? So the FERPA rights is you have the legal right basically at the age of 18 to kind of look at what people submitted on your behalf and look at your rec letters and all that for college. And they ask you to waive that because some teachers or, you know, the schools might not feel comfortable with you looking at that writing. Um, I know Mr. Gonzalez, Michael, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he said that he has all his students kind of, you know, read their rec letters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, And it just kind of comes down to the teacher. Uh, Some of them 
they want to keep that to themselves. Other ones, they're fine with you reading it. Uh, if they are fine with you reading it, they'll probably just let you read it straight up. Um, but this just kind of gives that extra layer of trust, I guess, between you and the recommender that you trust in their writing and what they're speaking to you, that it wouldn't be influenced by you. And that it's actually them speaking mm-hmm. separately from you not knowing what they're writing about. And this is like not relevant for you, but there are interesting articles on the interwebs about people who have actually done FERPA requests for their admissions documents. So I know a Yale graduate uh, who's a reporter at BuzzFeed went to Yale and was like, give me my admissions documents. And after like a few months of back and forth, they actually gave her the admissions records. Um, And it was actually very interesting because you could see how they marked up the document. So, no, like you're waiving FERPA rights mainly for the rec letter portion of it, I think. If you want to get your application back, you still can try. And in fact, I think I I, I will try. And um, if I am successful, definitely post it um, on admissionsuncovered.com. It'll be fun dealing with the Columbia bureaucracy. So much fun. Uh, And then also separately, kind of just from your applications, if you have scholarship applications that are due before November 1st, for example, I have two of them. Uh, (laughs) What are they? You need to get those done. Uh, It is the Coca-Cola scholarship Mm -hmm. and then also a uh, Boy Scout scholarship. Mm. Coca-Cola was due before Uh, November 1st? It's the 31st. Yeah, it is the 31st. Wow. So basically. Wow. wow, wow. Uh, I will say, though, it doesn't have essays in the first round. Mm -hmm. So it's not too terrible. Um, It's actually not terrible at all. Um, But, you know, you fill it out with looking ahead that you might have to write the essays and such if you make it to the other rounds. Um, So just, you know, kind of be thinking ahead of what you'll have to do if you're pushing back a ton of applications until after November 1st to complete for January 1st or whenever your deadline is, that you also have these other things that you'll have to complete then. Well, yeah, this is true, right? This is definitely true. But the thing with Coca-Cola and most scholarships is that their essays are not unique. You can probably cut and paste from one of your college applications and you should feel free to do so. You should not be writing an original essay every single time. If you already have an essay that you're comfortable with, that you've edited, that you've reviewed, that you've thought very deeply about, why would you just like throw all that work down the toilet. So if you're listening to this right now, good luck because you're going to do great. So You are going to do great. So after you've hit submit and you're listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking, what do I do now? I've finished. I've gotten to college, right? Well, no, but you should take this time to kind of relax. You did it. You submitted your first college applications and they're probably, if you've been listening to advice very well um, put together, your essays are good, they're polished. So now it's just up to the admissions officers. But you still, um, first of all, you can either, I mean, eat, sleep, cry, chill, whatever person you are. And once you get- You don't need to cry. Hey. That's not necessary. You can be happy tears. So you never know. Yeah. Anyways- or just save that for when you hear back. True. But you should be looking ahead um, to see what other supplements you're uh, planning to write, what schools you're applying to. Maybe you might either add schools, cut down some schools. This depends on where you're at. But just continuing the process again because you do have other schools to apply for. Yeah, that's a really good point and one 
specific type of school I would add to your kind of thinking on how you change your list based on the amount of time you have left and the amount of essays you need to write are the schools that are going to have closer deadlines than January 1st. So things that stick out to me are things like UT, which requires you to submit December 1st for the latest round. In fact, November 1st, I think, for the priority action deadline. Mm -hmm. Uh, USC's scholarship stuff requires you to submit... December 1st. December 1st? Yeah. It's December 1st. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's strange because their normal um, deadline is, I think, deeper into January. Like 15th or something. Or at least, yeah. you know, January 1st or beyond. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So those are examples. Uh, Emory for merit-based consideration, merit-based scholarships. Mm-hmm. You need to apply earlier. Even Rice, to get an interview yeah. with Rice and Duke, you have to apply mid-December. So these are yeah. things to think about rather than just, like, doing whatever application. So like when Dominic makes his soft calendar, these are the things he puts on, right? The <laughs> special deadline yeah. so that you know, like, oh, well, this is not just due January 1st. This is one I have to do earlier than that. Quick thing for Emory, their deadline, if you want to be considered for like their merit and like scholars program is actually November 15th, even if you're applying regular <laughs> decision, which is, uh, yeah, yeah so... And for a lot of students, these merit aid deadlines become the actual deadlines. Uh, for in, for a very expensive school like USC, uh, unless Michael, I think you you were doing another scholarship for USC, right? Yeah, the presidential scholarship. Yeah, um, with the exception of that, I don't know what the deadline for that scholarship was. But a lot of these schools that have merit aid deadlines, they are expensive schools. Hence, you know, USC and most students won't be able to go if they don't have that merit aid scholarship. Um, So if you're one of those students and you just kind of, you know, it's different for each person, but if you're one of those students that's going to need the merit aid to be able to go, then that moves up your deadline. Although it might be, you know, January 15th, or let's just say like, you know, March 1st, if the merit aid uh, scholarship deadline is going to be November 15th, you have to turn it in by November 15th. Uh, so that's just something to look at your calendars. Although they might have later deadlines, it's the earliest deadline that matters to you uh, mm-hmm. that you'll have to turn it in for. Very true. And when re- referring to deadlines, you should also, just like you were doing before November 1st, continue applying to scholarships. So what I have in mind is the Jack Kent Cook um, scholarship is actually, I think it's due n- November 20th. So there is still some, uh, some of the bigger scholarships, some of the smaller scholarships that are due between... November 1st and January 1st, and maybe even after, I'm not sure, but you got to make sure that, as we've been saying, keeping up with your deadlines, whether that be school deadlines or scholarship deadlines. Hey, Nee, for the listeners, what is the Jack Kent Cook scholarship? <laughs> um, let's, oh, I think it's the one where, so most schools will offer you, if you qualify some sort of financial aid, some schools meet 100% of your need, other schools don't. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think the Jack Kent Cook one is supposed to um, fill in the gap between what the schools offer you and what you can pay. So they'll kind of give you that in between. So so say a school costs 70000 and you can pay 20000 but they're only willing to give you thirty. The This scholarship will kind of fill in that $20,000 um, so you don't have to get extra loans to be able to pay it or kind of... Um, like working extra i don't know how you make twenty thousand, but it just fills in that gap between what the schools offer you and what you can pay that's actually interesting how that works because and we'll get into this in a financial aid episode that may or may not be coming in the future 
cough dominant. Um, um, Let me get past November 1st, and I will take care of it. This is some behind-the-scenes action, so you're getting a sneak peek into our group me. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, anyways, anyways. Um, so huh. the reason why that was curious to me is because how a lot of schools do financial aid with merit-based scholarships is that they'll only give you a certain number that they'll allow for you to have merit-based aid. So Columbia, it's like $2,700 for first years. And once you- Was that merit-based or outside out, scholarship? Outside scholarships, my bad, okay. outside scholarships. And so once you surpass that threshold, that number, $2,700 for Columbia for first years, then they start subtracting that money from the Columbia grant or from the Columbia financial aid. So essentially you can really only use the the outside scholarships to cover your contribution. It's not going to be able to decrease the parent contribution. You know, their logic for that is fairly sound because of the way they've set up the system by splitting it between parent and student contribution. It's like a BS distinction because it's all being paid by you or maybe your family contributes, but just like generally like the student. So, you know, they've set it up so that you can't really subtract so that they can decrease your financial aid if you get outside scholarships. So I actually don't know how Columbia and other schools will take to the Jack Kent Cook scholarship. Like I'm curious to think about how that works or like yeah. ask about how that works. I'll look into it and kind of see um, because well, like for Columbia and stuff, I know a lot of the bigger schools, they will, especially the IBs, they'll be t they'll tend to be the ones that give you more money because they have such a big endowment. Right, so this is true. Maybe, I feel like these might apply more to some of the private, really expensive schools, because we know there are a lot of those, so I'll look into it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That, that I mean, that's a reasonable explanation. I buy it. And then also, now that you're past your November 1st deadline or whatever deadline you have, at first or maybe later on, you need to make sure that you're continually working. Um, you know, take a day or two to kind of definitely relax, definitely. take a breather. Uh, you've got time, but especially if you have multiple applications coming up or even for January 1st, if you've only done one application, let's say August uh, and September, now you've got November and December to do your remaining 10 or whatever you have. Uh, so you definitely need to keep working. It's going to be a lot easier because your common app is already going to be done. You know, have some essays done that you might be able to transfer over. Uh, but you also have those either school-specific essays or just weird questions or short answer ones that you haven't gotten before that you'll need to be able to do. And you need to make sure that you're staying on top of those and working on that. Uh, Michael, I don't. how did you kind of deal with that after November 1st last year? Well, I definitely took, I think, maybe a not a half, probably like half a week um, off. And then yeah. I got into the groove of having not like a school a week, but certainly like just like working through more applications. Um, and I did, I did the order of deadline. So after November yeah. 1st, I was doing Emory, USC and UT, um, as well as UVA, because uh, UVA had a merit-based scholarship called the Jefferson Scholarship, full ride plus um, additional stipend money, study abroad money that was due December 2nd, I think. So there's a lot of that going on, a lot of just like thinking about what was coming first and doing that first, which, you know, sounds like an awful way to do it, but it's just how things work, I think, especially when you only have two months. You have to prioritize the things that you have to do first. And even if you know that you would go to your uh, first choice school that you applied to early, 
over a ton of other schools that are due January 1st, you're not going to hear back from that November 1st school until mid-December. Yeah. So you're only going to have about two weeks uh, from where you hear back until you're going to have to start submitting other applications at, you know, at the latest. Um, like Michael said, there's going to be some that will have to be due either December 1st and November 15th or sometime in mid-December where you're just going to have to submit that before you hear back. But even if you hear back and you know see that you got in, you still have to put in that work just ahead in case if you didn't get in mm-hmm. early and you're not scrambling mid-December and having two weeks to write 10 applications because that is going to make for a very terrible yeah. winter time. Worse than Michael's. <laughs> is it just not possible for them to get decisions back earlier because it's really cutting it close for two weeks but i guess it's just not possible with especially with the increasing amount it's of not possible. early so they take a month and a half with november 1st and they take what almost you know three three to four months with regular yeah and especially now so many more people are applying mm-hmm. You know, well, January first to like March twenty eighth. It's also that there's more applicants regularly. Well, yeah, there there are more applicants. Yeah, but I think I think a month and a half is reasonable. Um, and I do like that they get it back before that January first you know, yeah. deadline yeah. session where a lot of schools have it. Because if you do get in, you're saving yourself that application money, and then also all you know those two weeks where you're spending obsessing over your essays and having people read over it and constantly reading over your own. You can be enjoying like Christmas break. Uh, you can. Oh. Yeah. You can be laughing at your friends. Overrated. Or, uh, stressing over and procrastinating, like Michael did mm. in the library. I was not in the library for winter break. I was <laughs> on my bed typing. Wow, that was kind of sad. <laughs> um, well, okay. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Um, even if you get in, though, early action... It's okay if you just also want to apply to other schools. Yes, and and I think that is a good idea too. Obviously, if you've you know done early decision, you're going to have right. to go there. Right. Uh, but early action, the I think it's perfectly one. fine if you're not totally sold on the school to go and apply to other ones just to have those options. Um, because if you think about that, that two week period, that's that'd be very hard to schedule with all of you know your your midterms coming up. Um, trying to schedule a visit to go to the school, especially if it's not close to you, right. you know, to go fly up there, make that long trip, um, you know, go tour it, get learn what you want to learn about the school just in time for the January 1st deadline. And you're going to have to balance school and, you know, Christmas break and, you know, tests that you have coming up and all your extracurriculars. Um, so I think it's fine to just go ahead and submit those other January 1st. Obviously, if you had a safety school uh, that was coming out January 1st and you got into your read school early action, you could dump that off the list. But I think it's perfectly fine to apply to comparable schools that you want to or schools you really like to be able to keep that option open. Because if you don't apply, that option is gone. Yeah. So, you know, and you can always pick between the schools that you have later on. I think it would be fantastic if the hardest part of the application process was picking the school. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. Because you got into all of them. <laughs> but that's just my take on it. I think so. Like, I think I was, I, I, that was my mentality, why I applied early action rather than decision to anywhere. I wanted to, I don't know, like play the field a little bit to see where I would get in. Uh, because I didn't really have a dream school coming in to this process it was like i guess i'd be fine with a lot of these schools obviously there's some schools i would rank higher but there's no dream there's also a tangible reason why you should apply to different schools and that reason is financial aid if you get a better package from a different school you can leverage that to the school you actually want to go to to get them to increase 
your financial aid package, at least for the first year. And uh, secondly, it's also fun because you can ask them to fly you out if you ask nicely and are lucky, like I did. So if you apply to more schools, you have more schools that might fly you out and you can like travel a little bit. Yeah, enjoy uh, free travel second semester. There you go. There and you go. never go school. to your calculus class. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> I got and it then five. from there, you can discover your dream school. That's about which one you there want you go. To. There you go. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to our episode about um, November 1st and all your other application deadlines. And as always, um, we need your help to grow this podcast. So if you can, go to bit.ly slash aupodapple to subscribe and give us five stars. Every five-star rating helps a new listener find this podcast. And as always, feel free to reach out to us on social media, whether that be at aupodfm on Twitter or at admissions.uncovered on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, make sure you keep up with your deadlines and good luck on your applications. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Cool. All right. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, click. Even if... Wait, what am I saying? <gasps>